Welcome to Amplify, the Revolution Her podcast, dedicated to uplifting, empowering, and amplifying women's voices globally. Our community is a powerful collective of women who are ready to live the lives they always dreamed they would. Together, our strength as inspiring and ambitious women is truly unstoppable. I'm Maria Locker, founder and CEO of Revolution Her. And I'm your co-host, Grace Moores, founding partner of Revolution Her. Today, we're talking about developing a curious and creative mindset with Van Lai Damon. Van is a founder, creative cultural strategist, fast company executive board member and TEDx speaker who invites others to think with their hands and use creative tools to disrupt traditional training methods. As the founder of WorkSmart, a progressive team and leadership development company, Vun proposes that we are all innately curious and creative, that good ideas can come from any level of any organization, and by cultivating idea sharing in the workplace through creativity, everyone has a chance to have their voice heard. And when that happens, company culture, performance, and innovation can skyrocket. She studied psychology at the University of California, Santa Barbara, and earned her MBA from Pepperdine University. She brings over 15 years of corporate and startup experience to game-changing clients, including Google, LinkedIn, and Pandora. We are so ready to talk about opening up our curious and creative mindsets. Please help us welcome Van Lai Dumont. Hello, Maria and Grace. I am so excited to be here. What an inspirational introduction. I'm excited for this conversation. Us too. Us too. Oh my gosh. I have to preface by saying that, you know, we got to have a personal one-on-one, you and I, Ben, probably about four months ago. Yeah. Um, And ever since, I mean, I got on the phone right away with Grace. I was like, oh my gosh, this woman. She's amazing. We need to have her on the podcast. So, you know, to be here now and and actually recording, we are just I'm we're so excited. I know. I'm excited for everyone to hear your story. This is um very inspiring. Well, thank you. A lot of good takeaways coming today. I can feel it already. And my first podcast of 2023. Hey, well, thank you. (laughs) We'll take it. And I might as well give a shout out right now to Dave Sanderson for connecting us because isn't that some of the best things in worlds, like in the world when the right people connect you with someone that they just know you're going to vibe with? Absolutely. So thank yeah. Thanks, Dave. And, uh, Dave Sanders is an amazing human being. And this is actually, this was a very wonderful connection he made. It was. He's always so good like that. So, um, all right, we're going to dive right in because this is such an intriguing concept today that we're talking about. And I want to start at the very beginning because we're talking about developing a curious mindset uh, and being more creative. Can you share when you started to be aware of your own curiosity and the fact that you had more of a creative mindset? I would have to say very early on when I was a small child, um, my mom used to you know, she used to buy me shoes, buy me shirts, and I would immediately look at them and think about how can I change this? So I take paints and <laughs> scissors to them and, and you know, and it didn't always turn out great. And it ended up being sometimes I would destroy what she had just bought me. But other times it was, you know, it was, it was fabulous. It turned out really well. And I enjoyed wearing these new things I had made to, sc- to school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think curiosity and creativity 
creativity have always been a part of my life from very early on. And, and when I think about, I'm so sorry, dog. <laughs> it's okay. I was going to say for our listeners, Ben has like three amazing dogs and one is just a little bit more talkative than the other. He just, so he's a puppy. Yeah. So let's just, let's just throw that out right now. So we don't have to do too much editing. Yeah. I have three dogs. <laughs> They're doing great. It's okay. okay. We're dog yeah, people. Don't worry. It's all good. Yes. They're all, the he, Flanders is clearly curious about what we're doing over here. <laughs> so at a very early age, I just, I was just always very creative and I always thought, saw it as creativity, but now, now as I got older, I really understood how, how the curiosity played into it. It's like just yeah. looking at things and saying, what if I changed it? How might it look if I did it this way? Um, so yeah, so curiosity and creativity has always come very naturally to me. And I love that you recognize there in that introduction when you talked about at an early age, recognizing that sometimes they didn't turn out as well as you hoped and not being afraid of that. Because I think for a lot of us, it's that fear of things not going in the right direction that maybe holds us back. So I, I love that you recognize that right at the beginning there. Or well. people squashing, like, I'm sorry, I'm totally that mom that would be like, what are you doing to the stuff that I just <laughs> bought you? So the fact that you were oh given free reign. Yes. I mean, yes. I, I guess. I don't think she was home much. <laughs> I think, I, now that you say that, I remember they bought a my sister and I shared a room and they bought us these beautiful white um, bunk beds. Each of us had a bunk bed, the bed on top, the desk on the bottom, a, you know, uh, a closet space on the bottom. And within one day, that white bunk bed was painted entirely <laughs> pinks and blues. <laughs> wow. See, so, I mean, there's, there's a really interesting dynamic there because you could either be fearful yourself or you could be stopped from yeah. expressing your curiosity by someone right. else. But yes. you weren't. Yeah. And I think I think there's there's um there's power and confidence that comes comes with that. Right. Yeah. This idea of not being afraid to fail, not being afraid to make mistakes and and understanding um it's a process, right? It's yeah. not about the end result, it's the process. And and I still to this day have to walk myself through that process because I do paint. That's my creative, like my creative outlet now in terms of artistic creative outlet. And sometimes I'll start painting and I'm just like, this is, this is horrible. There's no way this can enter into anything worthwhile. And I had to remind myself, just keep going. Yeah. Right. Just start and keep going. And it doesn't, it's not so much, um, the end result, but the process of, of going through, going through it and getting there. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So next, um, one thing that I would like to talk about and which I'm really excited for our listeners to hear is about your Ted talk, which you did on the theme of what if, and I really love you. If you love it, if you could share about how curiosity changed your family's life yes. and also the lives of many other people. Absolutely. So when I just mentioned that I have always been a very curious and creative person, it was by no accident, right? It wasn't yeah. just like, I don't, I mean, maybe I was born that way, but very early in my childhood, this story really, again, it, not only until adulthood, I'm like, wait a minute, that's where my curiosity and creativity comes from. And it's the story I tell in this TEDx talk. So um, my family, we are Vietnamese refugees. We came here in 1973 at the, at the end of the Vietnam War, the day Saigon fell to the Communist Party. And when we got here, our first home was at Camp Pendleton Marine Base in San Diego. Quickly, we were 
were transferred to a refugee integration center up in Northern California called Hope Village. And it was there that, you know, hundreds of civilians came to volunteer their time to help these refugees, including my family. And there was one woman there who was volunteering and her goal was to help these women find a new career. And that volunteer happened to be a famous movie star at the time named Tippi Hedren. <laughs> and she just looked at these women and just said, you know, they, they have to help their families now. They have to have a new career. So she brought in a seamstress and a typist. And my mom and 19 other women started learning to sew, learning to type. But all in the meantime, they're like, they're like just enamored with Tippy's long red manicured nails. <laughs> just curious every day, just staring at these nails. And if you think about it, Tippy could have easily said, Thank you for your curiosity. Thank you for uh, admiring my nails. Keep typing, keep sewing. But she didn't. She paused. She took that pause. She paid attention to that curiosity. And between all of them, they just decided, well, what if, right? What if we could get licensed and trained as manicurists, which was not an easy task, particularly at the time, because none of them had money to pay for school and most of them didn't speak English. But that didn't stop them. They just said, well, what if? So they took small steps. So the first thing Tippy did was she came back down to Los Angeles and uh, get, went and got her nails done, told her manicurist the story and asked her, you know, would you be willing to come up to Sacramento with me and teach these women how to do a basic manicure? And Dusty, her manicurist said yes. So weekend after weekend, Dusty came up, taught these women how to do a basic manicure. They loved it. They were excited about it. They were good at it and they still weren't licensed manicurists. Mm -hmm. So then Tippy asked, well, what's the next small step we can take? So she walked herself down to the local beauty school and asked, you know, the beauty school, you know, we, I have 20 Vietnamese refugees. They have no money. They don't speak English. And they have about 10 weeks here until they have to go off and, and start their lives. Um, any possibility you guys could take them on as students? And the beauty school said, yes. That's amazing. Wow. It's amazing, right? The kindness of strangers. So that's what happened. My mom and her friends went down to that school day after day, um, learned how to, you know, learned how to be manicurists, passed their written um, and their practicum in English, and they all got licensed as manicurists. Amazing. And, yeah. And then what happened was, you know, everyone got sponsored. Like we were sponsored by a church here in Santa Monica. They sponsored us down here. We lived in this little one bedroom apartment. Um, and Tippy came over to our house and, and took my mom salon to salon until she found her very first manicurist job at Bojack Beauty Salon. And that's where the Vietnamese manicure industry in the United States started, right? With these 20 women with this movie star who just asked what if around a curiosity. That's so, so cool. you know, 40 plus years later, it was the refugees and immigrants who came after us, who saw what my mom was doing, came to her salon, asked like, how are you making money in this country? Um, learned the career, started their own beauty school, started their own manufacturing companies. Now the Vietnamese manicure industry or Vietnamese manicures in the United States, in the United States make up, I think about 59% in, in all of the United States and 80% here in California. And That's it's an $8.3 billion dollar industry. <laughs> I know, $8.3 billion. Yeah. Like, that, that was, that is... was like three years ago. It's probably more now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, nails have exploded just in the past couple of years. Like, it's yeah. just resurging, yeah. right? Right. Nail I, art, all this stuff. Yeah. And, the, and the idea that, you know, no one knew, like, that, that whole idea of that being a possibility was not, like, all Tippy wanted was for these women to provide a 
a, you know, a life for their families. And this yeah. just took on a life of its own. So that, so this, and then also like when you talk about like, um, how that applied in my life, what I, you know, the nail industry now, like anyone could go into a CVS and buy a nail file or whatever you need to do your manicures at home. But back then my mom was like, Oh, I need more nail files. Let's go to the hardware store, buy some wood, buy some, you know, sandpaper and put it together ourselves. So wow. it, was like, it was always constantly seeing my mom be curious and create something. Yeah. So, so again, like in adulthood, I'm like, Oh, I didn't just make curiosity and creativity for myself. Like I learned it by watching my parents all you growing watched. up. And it's, well, it's just fascinating how those women, your mom and her friends then went on to help train the other women. It was like this snowball effect for everybody that was coming in. Um, I, I, like none of us know that story. And I just find it so empowering and fascinating. And it's just, it's when you, when you know that the story behind it, you just want to support it even mm-hmm. more. It's, it's just, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, and like you said, like Tippy could have said, you know, no, it's okay. Go back to sewing and, and go back to um, what I originally thought typing. Right. Right. But what she essentially did was she empowered your mom and the rest of the women to actually enjoy what they were doing. She saw their curiosity and tapped into it and essentially creating a whole ripple effect of people who enjoy and seek out things that they love doing. Mm -hmm. And I just think, you know, if you, if you could have been a fly on a wall all those years back then thinking, wow, this is going to be something pretty amazing. Who, who would have known, right? It's such a fascinating story it's, yeah. it's just so intriguing and there's so much to i never looked at it that uh, that way marie in the sense that like you know the vietnamese culture is is very, pretty rigid especially for women back then right mm-hmm. so for these women to come here and actually be able to not just work right and make money for themselves but do it in a way around something that was enjoyable and creative and allowed them to be expressive Mm-hmm. That's a whole different element of the story I had never looked at before. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I just, it's just so, you know, we're, we're always talking to women about, you know, finding your passion and exploring, you know, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, for example, do something you love. And That's it can right. be actually a really hard discussion for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and so just to know that someone championed so long ago, um, your mom and others that then turned into this incredible story yeah. uh and and legacy really is what it is i think it's just yeah, incredible. yeah. Mm-hmm. so and it, it's it, it is a powerful story but like how when women support women yeah. what can happen <gasps> yeah yeah i i we have so much more that we want to do with you know you and sharing this story because it just lights that fire of wow okay if that could have happened that many years ago go and this is the after effect little what ifs can make Mm -hmm. a huge difference right so I want to talk a little bit about you know curiosity and creativity and and love to know your opinion do you think these are skills that we learn or are they traits that we all have inside of us and just need to develop kind of like a muscle I always talk about curiosity and creativity as a capacity that we all have right as human beings we are innately curious 
and we're innately we're innately creative and somewhere along the line that's sort of beat out of us right or yeah. trained out of us i mean you think about kids they're always curious the what's the why's the how would we do it this way and somehow as we get older we find we decide that that's not okay to to ask those questions more we all we just have to know right mm -hmm. we have to act like we know um, so yes, I believe firmly that curiosity and creativity is a capacity that every single one of us has. We as adults need to really actively nurture it. I, I agree. And actually I just wrote our, um, I wrote the editor's letter for our next issue of the magazine and it, I reference Michelle Obama's book that Grace bought for me, mm -hmm. uh, becoming where she talks about the swerve and, you know, you kind of go on this autopilot all the time. And when you become an adult, you know, you wake up, you eat, you do a bit of work, you sleep, you wake up again and do it all over again. But what happens is a lot of times there's opportunities for swerves. There's something mm -hmm. on the side of the road that, you know, you want to pull over and take a look at. Um, so, you know, were there any moments in your life where you kind of found yourself on a regular path, but thought, nope, this is where my curiosity is going to take me and you just followed it? Well, the creating this career for myself. Absolutely. I mean, again, like I grew up a Vietnamese refugee. My parents weren't, you know, they didn't, they didn't tout this whole idea of like, do what you want. <laughs> yeah. It was doctor, lawyer, engineer. Um, I became none of them, but I, I followed that path of go to college, go get my MBA, go into business. And what I found myself doing was always fighting that, right? Because And in fighting that, I meant like I ebbed and flowed throughout my career through um, startup ventures or, and then going back to the corporate world. I just really, I really was trying to please my parents, but always had this like, it's not really what I want to be doing. Yeah. And Finally, when I had my son, um, you know, I saw this little tiny little being, and I thought, I want this boy to see his mom doing something she loves. And that was accentuated by a horrible accident my brother was in. He was, a, he was in a head-on motorcycle accident with a tree uh, that put him in a coma for two months. He's completely fine now. But between Aww. those two things happened within an eight-week period, yeah. I was like, you know, this is like, I'm, I can't live this corporate environment anymore. Like I've had this idea, this curiosity about what if I could bring creativity into the workplace um, and I'm going to go try it. Right. I'm mm -hmm. going to go try to bring creativity in the workplace now. And that was to me, that swerve. It was a fairly large swerve, right? Yeah. Lots of big things happened in my life at that moment to cause me to make that change. And sometimes that's what it takes, right? I, we, there's a book called, from Elizabeth Gilbert called Big Magic. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm sure you both have read it. And she talks about how ideas are, 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 ideas are out there trying to be made manifest by humans. Right? Yeah. They're looking for a human partner because that's the only way an idea can become, um, become, be made manifest. And if they are, they'll, they'll tap you on the shoulder, right? And they'll come back and maybe tap you a few more times. And if you don't listen, they'll move on and find another human partner. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the same sense, I feel like with this idea for me of starting my own business, being curious about it, it tapped me for so long. And then it was like, like, like gave me a baby, <laughs> gave me a critical situation in my life. I said, okay, now, now what are you going to do? Yeah. 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 I'd love to explore a little bit more about this, uh, about creativity as a leadership skill. So can you share a little bit about 
how we can, I guess, because so, there are some people in the world that will say, I don't have a bone of creativity in me. How? So I guess there's two questions here. One, what would a creative leader look like? And two, for those people that aren't creative, how can they nurture that skill? Well, I think first, especially when I go into the corporate world or you think about a, a, a leader in the corporate environment, we have to stop looking at creativity as artistic skill, okay. right? So what is creativity really? The creativity is being able to, to take ideas and, and put them together to create something that you can utilize, to, to innovate, to, to change things up. So for a creative leader, that to me, that looks like question asking and listening and getting curious right? Curiosity and creativity are go so hand in hand because when you talk about creative leader, it doesn't mean you have to have all the creative ideas. It just means you have to be aware enough to listen for for, for other people's ideas and bring people together and, um, and allow people to share their voice, share their ideas so you can create something together. I love that. Thank I you. I do too. That, was that is a very well done. That's very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> And so what would you normally do when you, and I know there were two parts to Grace's question, but in order to facilitate that type of creativity in the workplace, can you give us an example of what you would normally present as, you know, a, an entrepreneur going in and teaching how to find yes. this? So I, so my work is in both creative thinking and I would say um, bringing in different hands on creative methods into the workplace to develop create, um, creative thinking and creative tools. So one thing on the creative thinking side I teach is called divergent and convergent thinking. Have either of you heard of those tools? You no. may have. Okay. So in divergent thinking, when you, like when you think about going into a, a conference room and you have the CEO or the leader of the team ask a question, you have maybe those one or two people who always have the answers. Right. They always have the answers. They always have the ideas. And then there's the rest of us who don't say anything <laughs> because, because that's not the way we think. Right. We, I, for me, I'm someone who has to like think of my ideas first, make sure I'm saying it correctly. And then I might speak up. So through divergent thinking is this concept that all like every idea ma matters. Wild and crazy ideas are welcome and creating that environment that there's no judgment of any ideas that make it to the table. Um, and, and then there's tools you can use that for that. So one tool I use, I'm a certified Lego series play facilitator oh, and also wow. now a trainer. I train people to, to do this methodology. Um, and this idea is thinking with your hands, right? So instead of walking in a room and saying, okay, here's the issue we're having. Here's a challenge or here's the opportunity. Who has an idea? Raise your hand and speak it up. I'll give everyone Legos and <laughs> say, everyone build an idea, right? Everyone build one idea. Now we're going to go around a table and there's no crosstalk, everyone gets to share their one idea. And then we may do that several times. Okay, now, now everyone build two more ideas. Yeah. Now everyone build three more ideas. And, and that's when you really start thinking with your hands and, and this idea of like, you know, you may not have three ideas if you're trying to think about it, but if you just start putting Legos or things together, what comes up for you? And besides, there's no, there's no wrong ideas. Right. Wild and crazy ideas are welcome. And then what we do is push all the ideas in the center of the table. Um, and that's divergent thinking. All those ideas go to the center of the table. And then the next thing that we say is, okay, great. These are all amazing, wonderful ideas. No idea is wrong. And here are our parameters. You know, this happens, needs to happen within this budget. This has to happen within this timeline. It has to incorporate these groups of people, whatever your parameters are. 
And now everyone gets a chance to look at that table and all the ideas on that table and say, which one of these, you know, individually or in combination will work? What can we move forward? Mm -hmm. So now what you've created is this environment where everyone feels their voice has been heard. There's collaboration. And by the time you get to the end of whatever makes it to the finish line, everyone feels that they've had a say in it. That is simply like very simple, basic, yeah. brilliant. And it's Legos. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And you know what I love about it too is that you're allowing people that maybe weren't comfortable to speak up mm -hmm. to yes. actually participate. So it's almost like you're, you're well, you are tapping into different types of learning, expression, and communication, I guess. That's, Absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. And I think there's other ways to do it, right? So Lego series play is one modality. You can simply ask the question and say, you know, I'm going to play classical music for 10 minutes. Now think of your ideas, write them down mm -hmm. and pass on the next person to speak it up out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Have them add to it and then speak it out loud. So there's, I like that. Yeah. There's just different ways to, to exact, to do exactly that. Tap into, um, tap into ways for people to share ideas that that normally especially people who normally wouldn't right there's a lot of extroverts and then there's us introverts yeah um or people who who have neurodiversity who don't you know who think differently and the workplace isn't just really isn't designed for for those people yeah but some of the best ideas can come from exact just thinking outside the box and really yeah. kind of exploring different things right and i love yeah. You know, when you think of creativity in the workplace, when you, I often think of, you know, you would see these workshops where it's like a paint night with staff and it's more like a team building exercise as opposed to how can we get our ideas together for, you know, to move the company forward or to move this project forward. Yes. I love that what you're saying is actually a reversal of that completely. It actually will build a team and foster more of a team camaraderie, but it's, it's work. It's, it's yes. such a different concept. Very curious. I love it. Yeah. And when I, when it's, it's funny you say that because when I first started my business, I thought about this idea of, you know, the way creativity is currently used at work is to have fun. Like, let's right. go out and have paint night. Let's go out and do something. But the, I, but really the benefit of creativity is when you, you, when you incorporate it into the work you do and allow it to uh, allow it to benefit you that way the, there, there's clearly benefits in team building and team building activities but if you allow creativity to have a place in the workplace um and, you, and and be a part of how you operate that's where innovation comes in and that's mm -hmm. where you know what, what we talked about before too is like is, is psychological safety is trust building right yeah. and that's that team building part right and then you're in a room of people and peers that you can feel safe to share your ideas that maybe are a little bit different or uh, risque, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and how long have you been doing this work now? Like, are there any success stories that you can maybe share with our listeners that really stand out to you of how it's made an impact? Oh my gosh. So, so many. And that's why you, when, you know, when you first start your business, I mean, especially when I made this up, Right. Like I made this up. So I'm like, does this work? I don't know. I think it works. And then over the last six years, like it works. And now I'm so much more confident talking to anyone about like, okay, you don't, I mean, yes, you should definitely bring Legos into your workplace. Yes. We should definitely bring what I call creative artifacts into your workplace where, and creative artifacts, just before I answer that question is what I do at the end of every session is we make something right. You make something by hand, whether it's a painted rock or a collage as a reminder of the work we did that day. Right. Um, and I came up with this because 
Uh, number one is creative. And I'm a copious note taker when I go to meetings and conferences. And then they go, where away. are they? I, they, go, they, they don't go too far away. They stay around for seven years and then I throw them away. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but they stay in a box somewhere or a drawer. And this idea of a creative artifact is either a wood block, a rock, um, to remind you right there as a visual reminder of the work you did that day, what your takeaway was. Um, so, yes. Yeah. So can you remind me of your question? <laughs> I can try. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, some of the success. Yeah. Success yeah. Okay. So there's, so part of my work, and I think Maria, we talked about this last time is I do some volunteer work with this organization called the Honor Foundation. And they work with special force operators like Navy SEALs as they transition from military to civilian careers. And I go in the very, it's a three month program. I go in the last night before graduation and I talk about what's possible for your future, right? Mm -hmm. And think about people in the military, they've had their purpose told to them, they've you know, had their days planned for them. So then they show up here and I just throw out a bunch of Legos, Play-Doh, creative supplies, and we talk about what's, um, what's possible for your future. And I might put up a prompt, like what was a childhood hobby of yours? You know, build something that was a childhood hobby. Now think about what that could mean for you going forward. And I had this one gentleman build himself on a boat. And, he, and this is when we were doing everything virtual. So he built himself on a little boat, put it on his patio with the ocean behind him. Mm -hmm. Six months later, he emailed me another picture with that picture next to it of him as a, as a, um, a yacht broker in San Diego. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, amazing. It, you know, that was that was a pretty that was a pretty powerful one, particularly for, because of the group it was in. As far as collaboration, there was this one group I work with who they had satellite offices, you know, in different in several different countries, and their challenge was, you know, we everyone does everything differently. Marketing does things differently here. Finance does things differently all over the place. We want to be able to streamline that everything everyone is doing things similarly. Um, and be, be really more of like one company. So we started building with Legos, right? What's some ideas to, to help with this? And someone built a Lego model to represent beam me up Scotty, right? Like, <laughs> like what if we could just beam each other to other offices and see what they're mm -hmm. doing? And, you know, in a normal situation, if someone said that in the workplace, they'd be laughed at and that idea had been thrown out the window. But because we were doing this divergent thinking, that idea mattered, it made it to the table. And what the idea evolved into which the company ended up doing was a study abroad program oh, right neat. so they created this study abroad program where someone in marketing la went to the london office and came back with their report so that they could really coordinate that way so yeah but if that person hadn't been able to put their idea of beam me up scotty right let's like beam each other places it might not have ever come up and it's so that's so inspiring. Yeah. I and it's just takes again, continual creativity, right? So the creative process of coming up with those ideas, but then looking further into them and kind of seeing through and, and right. how putting can we them how can make this practical? Yeah. yeah. yeah and going all the way back to your original definition in terms of asking the questions, asking the right questions to ignite that that curiosity to yes. then form that creativity. So I, I think, um, Grace, one of your original questions was like, what, what are some characteristics of a creative leader? I think curiosity yeah. is a good one. Like, and not having, not, I think a lot of leaders think like we need to know all the answers, but I think a great tool for leaders, a creative leader is to ask questions, get curious. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is, this is fascinating. So can I ask you, have you written a book yet? 
I have not. I'm Are you not. planning to? <laughs> I've been playing since like 2012. <laughs> oh my gosh! Because I, no, I need to. I yeah yeah. I would love. I would love to. Okay, yes. yeah. count us in when when it's happening. Okay. We're happy to support it because I do Thank think you. this is such powerful content that you know yeah. we have a business book club. We we're always recommending different books for the entrepreneurs in our group, as well as fun you know light reads too. Yes. Um. But yeah, I think just fascinating. Just so wonderful. So for anyone that wants to find out more about the kind of work that you do, or if they want to have you come into their workplace, is that something, where would they go to find out Absolutely. more? Absolutely. So my, so if you want to learn about the work I do and kind of see what the work I do, my, my website definitely worksmartadvantage.com. And I am always on LinkedIn. I post a lot about the work I do there. It's just some information about curiosity and creativity. And I'm just a connector. So I love connecting with people. So you can look, at, you can look me up by my name, Van Lydemone on LinkedIn. You can always find me there as well. Awesome. And, and I do we... respond to people. You do. You're <laughs> yeah. wonderful on LinkedIn. Yeah, you're really, <laughs> she does. I can vouch for it. Um, so we're going to head into our rapid fire section okay. very shortly. But before we do that, do you want to share what's coming up next for you? What's Oh, so what is coming up next? I have a digital course out now and I did initially, my work is for everyone, right? I, come in, I go into the corporate world and do team and leadership development for everyone. But a couple of years ago, I was approached by a few women's groups to do work specifically for women. And I have a course out called How to Say What You Really Mean conflict management and resolution and, and advocating for yourself for women. And it's basically a workshop in a box, right? So, and literally when I say a box, like you, if people sign up, they get a creativity kit in the mail with all the creative tools that we use in, in the program. That's very cool. So that's on your website too, if people want to find out more? That, that, that will be on the website, yes. And okay. then also, um, as I mentioned, I, I've been a, a certified Lego Series Play facilitator for the last five years. And I just signed up with Strategic Play based in Vancouver, Canada, um, as a trainer. So if anyone is, if anyone is curious about becoming a Lego Series Play facilitator, a certified facilitator, that, that's on my website as well. And you can, um, you can, or you can just email me about that. And I can tell you more about that. That's, That's just so such mean. a great title, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's just, oh man. I often so... tell people like, it's a real thing. I'm going to make it up. Yeah. I, make them, I make them a lot of things, but <laughs> not that. <laughs> it's all part of it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, now we want to give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit uh, outside of the work you do and just who you are as button. So okay. our rapid fire questions go as deep or as surfaces you'd like but let us know the first thing that comes to mind okay okay well you already know i have three dogs yeah, yeah. That we know. <laughs> we're all dog people on this call right now <laughs> all right so i'm gonna start with the first one and i would love to know what would your theme song be oh my well, I, I know the song i might mess up the name um this girl's on fire oh, yeah. oh alicia yeah. keys yeah. alicia yes. keys that's right good one Okay, I'm going to ask, oh, what would be a guilty pleasure? Well, something that Maria showed us earlier today, chocolate. <laughs> I, I was hoping it wouldn't come up. These poor girls, I started eating chocolate chocolate in front of them and we're online. I'm yeah, so, so sorry, she, ladies. She, I'm sure she would have shared if she could have. I would have. Yeah. I have. <laughs> So no, it was just watching Maria eat chocolate and we're all just sitting here going, thanks. That would have been great to have right now. 
I'm a dark chocolate girl. Is there like a specific milk, kind? Milk, milk chocolate, chocolate with almonds. And oh, do you have C's candy where mm, you are? No. I Southern don't. California thing. I love C's candy. I think it's the best chocolate in the world. And it's like, it's like chocolate that you get at Christmas. Like everyone, like that's what yeah. people give people at Christmas time. And I don't know, maybe... Because people, adults, don't seem to think it's very good chocolate, but maybe because I grew up on it, it's my favorite. Oh, so what is it? What is C's chocolate? It's just a, a candy store. It's a chocolate store called C's Candy. Oh, you can walk okay. in there, you can buy piece by piece. They'll give you a little box and you can, yeah. you know, mm. it's, it's, I think it's delicious. Okay, we'll have to look that up. Yeah. I'm a okay. bit obsessed. <laughs> mm. Any kind of chocolate is okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my turn. Now you're in California, which is on my bucket list. I've been dying. My husband and I have it on our list to come and drive the coast. Um, So gorgeous. I would love to know what's your favorite thing to do locally there? Oh, I love the water. I paddleboard. Oh, yes. Yes. Then we live near the marina. So a a friend of mine will always as as many times a week as we can get on those paddleboards and just paddle through the marina. Nice. Not if it's cold, apparently. Like, it, what's cold there? What What's the weather like I'm, there right I'm now? I'm ashamed to say it's <laughs> bright and sunny. There's blue skies, and it's probably <laughs> 62 <laughs> degrees. 62? Okay, so that's so. Just to give you a sense right now, I think right now we're at what, minus one today, Grace? Yeah, but. But that's um, Celsius, isn't it? I yeah. That so is. that's like a, oh, I don't know either. Okay. Yeah, well, conversion and, wise, that's, yes. that's still and I know the And I know the audience can't see us, but I'm like in here with my <laughs> scarf on, <laughs> shivering. Yeah, I know. And meanwhile, I showed Van our, our display behind us, you know, our snowy trees and our yeah. frigid weather. Anyway, yeah, so. I, I think, I think it's just a backdrop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those Zoom. Yeah backgrounds added in yeah oh my gosh that's funny okay so what do you have on your bucket list what's what's would you like to what what's the next thing on your bucket list okay I'm gonna say it on here and then we're gonna listen to this the three years from now and be like see she did it I want a little farm like when I say a little farm I'm talking about little animals oh little animals micro mini highland cows little Shetland um, horses and a couple ponies. I mean, a couple, a couple like miniature donkeys. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know. Like I've been lately like just obsessed with miniature animals oh and my. of course more dogs too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where you're living right now, are you kind of central? Like you're not anywhere in no, a I rural area. <laughs> no, I, I mean, there, I think sometimes like, could I have one miniature cow in this backyard? <laughs> I mean, the Maybe. answer, the answer is not no. Not now. Okay. <laughs> yes. Three years no, from no, now. The, no, I said the answer is not no. Okay. Okay. So I'm curious about it. Yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that. That is awesome. I, I could see myself doing something like that too. Having a little yeah. mini farm. I'm a, I'm a huge gardener and I love gardening. Uh, so, um, yeah. I always yes. wanted a little pot-bellied pig, like a little oh, teacup. Yes. Like I, from when I was in high school. Oh my. But I heard they're not real. I heard they all grow. Oh. Yeah. I've heard oh, that too. bigger? Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. So they have a you big had, issue. Yes. If you had one and you thought it was mini, you'd have a 300 pound pig living in your house right now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, it never happened. I have a dog that's hiding in the basement right now so that he won't talk to us. So <laughs> that's more than enough for me. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask one last one. And I would love to know, what is your word for this year? What are you all about? Oh, I, I have a word for this year. I've been, there's, um, I've been following this woman, Volta. I, I wish I, I, hopefully I can find her last name on, on LinkedIn for you later, but she did a class on watercoloring your word of the year. So I've been mm-hmm. doing it for the last three years and my word of the year this, for this year is further. So oh, and I like that. And for me, it really meant like, you know, I've the last couple of years, I've really spent nurturing my business, growing my community, growing my connections and taking that further this year, right? Bringing people along and, and just taking that further, but with, but with patience and grace and a little bit of stillness too. Oh my goodness. That is a great way to wrap up. I'm so excited yeah. to see what is coming for you. And I'm and just, for us, we're, we're right? definitely going to be doing more together this year. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. We have some plans. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, Ron, thank you so much for sharing your curiosity with our listeners and with us. Um, it's really encouraging to see different ways that leaders can, you know, bring ideas to the table and the fact that you're facilitating this for so many people is amazing. And a shout out to your mom and to Tippy Hedren for yeah. kind of, you know, being that representation of curiosity for you all those years ago. Absolutely. Cool. Yes. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation. Thank you for being curious about me and my work <laughs> and bringing me on. And I look forward to more. Awesome. Well, thank you to all of you for listening. And if you're out there and you found this conversation inspiring and you think it will help another woman out there, please feel free to share, like, and review our podcast. Revolution Her is all about supporting women around the world. So please help us to continue amplifying women's voices globally. Until the next time, we will see you again. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.